And welcome to season three of the JKR podcast presented by JKR Baseball. My name is Jay Shriglin and I will be your host. We're excited to continue the JKR podcast with season three of episodes. This season, we are expecting many great series with top-tier travel organizations across the country, while we also spotlight commits, collegiate, and professional players from across the United States. It is our goal to be the player's platform for all of prep baseball. As we continue to do this, make sure to stay on top of the J-Care podcast episodes, but also tune into the other features that J-Care Baseball presents. That includes blogs like the lineup card written by John Sparacco, player-based events like Battle of Indiana, Summit City Baseball Academy, and other events being announced very, very soon. With Season 3, that comes two new programs for athletes to enjoy. Those are the JKR Brand Ambassador Program and the JKR Athlete Creators Program. To stay on top of all these features, check out jkrpodcast.com to learn more. I genuinely appreciate everything you guys have done for me and the JKR brand over the past two years, and I hope to continue to build both the JKR brand and the game of baseball for years to come. Let's dig into today's episode after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode sponsor is Mind Baseball, located in Dallas, Texas. Their bats are made from 100% European beech wood, which allows for more density, which then leads to more power. I mean, who doesn't want more power? We all know chicks dig the long ball. Multiple studies prove that beech outperforms maple, birch, and ash that you're probably used to swinging. Beech wood straight grains mean for less breaks, and Mind Baseball exceeds the MLB regulations in that category. Are you also frustrated with seeing the dried paint spots on your barrel? Mind Baseball uses a family secret technique that leaves a perfect finish every time. If you set their bat next to another brand, you will make sure that you see the difference. Lastly, they also use a built-in grip to reduce vibrations. It is the same technology that is used to reduce recoil in rifles. Make sure to check them out. Go find them on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. Um, on Instagram, their username is at mine, M-I-N-E, baseball. Check them out, but let's dig into today's episode. And welcome back to the JKR podcast. Today we have Arkansas Sticks right-handed pitcher and 2024 Arkansas baseball commit Eli Cresselius on the JKR podcast. Eli, super pumped to get you on the show, man. I know I've had quite a few guys within that Sticks organization here on the podcast. Glad to have you as well. Um, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing good, man. Um, but, uh, you know, before we kind of dig into, obviously, the Arkansas Sticks and Coach Brewster, dig into Valley View and that just absolutely loaded squad that you guys have this upcoming spring, um, I got one question I always like to ask everybody to get the podcast started, and that is, for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Eli Cresselius? So, yeah, my name is Eli Cresselius. I go to Valley View High School. Um, I'm a 2024 uh, I'm committed to the University of Arkansas. Um, I describe myself as when I walk in the room, I'm going to be the hardest worker in the room. There's nobody that's going to outwork me, and I just got to let my talent shine. Okay. All right. Let's go to, go ahead here. Kind of start talking about the Arkansas Sticks, talking about Coach Brewster, stuff like that. Um, you know, kind of take us through, how did you get connected with that Sticks organization? So I'll start in my freshman year. Um, Corey Lambert over at Max Velocity connected me. Uh, to the sticks wanted to figure out somewhere where I could play for the next three summers so ninth ninth grade summer I was on what I'd say one of the bad teams uh that's when I still hit so I mean I was on one of the teams that we 
went to random places. I'd hit and I'd pitch. Tenth grade summer, I got put on the 16 national team with Coach Slayton. Um, That was just an amazing opportunity, pitching there. And then did very good there. Did very good uh, junior high school and then got to play with Coach Brewster in the summer. All right, so you said that when you kind of first got started with the Arkansas Sticks, you were on that second team, you know, made that jump when you were playing with 16U Slayton, obviously played with the White Sox scout team and with Coach Brewster this past summer. Um, You know, making that jump from that second team to that first team at the national level, what were some of the biggest things you were seeing during that jump? I mean, my body just fit, started changing. I started getting very serious in the weight room, started taking care of my body, started doing things around how they needed to be and it just translated onto the field okay so playing with uh you said Slayton there your 16U summer again obviously coach Brewster kind of the face of that Arkansas Sticks program there this past summer I know Dirk Kenny's also you know a big name guy within the within the baseball industry a part of that Sticks program um kind of take us through some of the relationships you've been able to build with coaches within that program uh just the coach all the coaches are just amazing they care. They care for you not as a player, but more as a kid, and just gonna see how far we can like go with them. And just Coach Brewster, he's been amazing the three years that I've been a stick. He's been he's been my go to guy if I ever have a question about a school or anything, any questions about agent, anything. I go to him first. It's my go. That's my go to about any of those questions. And he's he set me up on a great path to where I am now. And Co- Coach Kenny, we became really close this past summer we text back and forth all the time just about just about random things uh goofing off being serious but yes just a relationship between the coaches it's more like it's more family than a coach that you're going to play for one year and just never talk to again yeah for sure and I've heard you know great things about that entire Arkansas Sticks coaching staff obviously Brewster being a pretty uh influential guy having great relationships with pretty much everybody within that organization but Kind of sticking on the topic of relationships, obviously the Arkansas Sticks roster is pretty loaded with, you know, obviously future teammates you'll be playing with for the Razorbacks, a bunch of top-tier guys. Um, What have been some of those relationships you're able to build with guys across the state playing for the Arkansas Sticks program? I mean, I've met – down in Jupiter, i met so many people that I would never got to met if I wasn't playing for them. Just the relationships that I've built in just the short amount of time we text all the time and just I'll be able to have lifelong friends throughout that. Okay. So with, with, you know, that loaded roster that the sticks have again, you know, I believe every year coach Brewster has about, what is it like eight or 10 guys who's, you know, committed to go play Arkansas baseball and go be a Razorback. You know, he's got other guys too, in terms of what Slade Caldwell he had for a little bit going to, I believe Ole Miss Griffin Enos this past fall. Um, He always seems a way to have just absolutely loaded rosters, um, you know, for you being a guy who's been an insider of that Sticks program for three years, what do you think has led to that Arkansas Sticks success and everything that Coach Brewster's built? I mean, once you meet him, you you just uh, you just bond with him. It's an automatic relationship. People want to play for him, and our team last. I mean, people saw us last year in Jupiter. I mean, we we were expected to win our pool, but I mean, we didn't have the best summer. But people want to come and play and people want to win. And when you see a roster like ours, people want to come play and they they see that roster and they're like, yeah, that, that team's going to be good. Let's go play for them because we're going to win a lot of tournaments. And that's what I think he does the best about it 
it's just gets all this talent and we just bond together and play the best we can. Yeah. Oh, definitely always facing that other team's number one when they're facing uh, Arkansas sticks with so many, you know, Razorback commits and other guys across the country too. Um, but, you know, with the Arkansas sticks, having such a loaded roster, always a target on their back, but maybe something that even put an even larger target on their back was becoming that White Sox scout team. You had the opportunity to play for them first summer of this White Sox scout team. Kind of take us through, you know, was there a little bit of extra target on your back being that scout team? Uh, 100%. I mean, just just playing for him was just amazing, being able to wear those jerseys and be able to represent uh, a team like that. But even talking for us, yes, we got everyone's number one. We got everybody's best players. Everybody wanted to beat us. Just like when we play teams like that, we want to beat them. We give them everything we got because they're a named organization, and we got to try as – we got to – Basically, it's like MLB team versus MLB team. We gotta be, we gotta show that we're the better team than the other team that the other team made. If that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Um, but as we talk about, you know, like maybe looking at that roster there a little bit for your age group. I know Mark Bristies as well. He's a 25 who played with you guys a little bit. You know, looking up and down with so many top tier pitchers. Can I take us through maybe some of the conversations you're having with, let's say, Lance Davis, Mark Brissy, some of those other, you know, pitchers on that roster? How were you guys maybe picking the brains of each other, you know, all being, you know, SEC commits on that same roster? So the days that we're not pitching, we'll sit, we'll sit out the outfield and we'll just we'll grab somebody and we'll all just sit there and talk our pitches, show each other how we hold them, show each other like our mindsets of how we how we throw the ball, how we release it, and just getting each other's minds and just being able to uh, just being able to see the other person out and seeing if you want to try this grip and see if it works. See if it works. Show us like when we're playing catch and we don't do something right, how they can like there are pictures they can see out of our hand what we did. I mean, it's just it's just awesome to have so many guys like that around me. Yeah, for sure. And early, you kind of brought up that whole Jupiter experience. You know, obviously, you guys were favored to win that pool. I think you guys, uh, you know, came down to that final day playing that Canes team. I believe you guys what won like three to two. It was a pretty close game for you guys to go on, go on to pool play. Um, had a pretty solid so fall there down in Jupiter. Kind of take us through what that experience was like. I mean, the first day you show up, there's just 300 golf carts just watching you. We had two exposition games on Wednesday. I mean, we didn't play the best that day. That was, I like what Coach Brewster did there. Just like get us two exhibition games, get us going, get us rolling as a team. And then after that, there was no stopping us. On Thursday, I'm pretty sure we played Canadian Premier. We won that game four to one. Uh, Friday, don't remember. Uh, we played six four three. I'm pretty sure that might be right. And then uh, beat them that game. And then we played Canes on Saturday at the stadium. Ended up beating them three to two. All right. So, well, uh, you know, with you know that Jupiter experience, you know, gone now, um, you being a senior, I'm sure you've probably played your last game, you know, as an Arkansas stick, you know, probably next summer be heading to Fayetteville um, for your freshman year. Kind of take us through looking back on these past three years, playing for the sticks, potentially, you know, maybe some other things that went on like that PBR futures game and stuff like that. Um, what have maybe been some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think of travel baseball and just these past, you know, couple summers that you've had? Uh, 100% future games. I mean, that's that's where I felt like – I mean, that's where I felt like I didn't get nervous. I mean, pitching in front of everybody, 
that's when I felt like when I pitched, like I had a chance of becoming really good. And then just just all the team tournaments, staying in the team rooms, going to eat dinner with the team, top golf, getting to getting to the game early, messing around, hitting BP, going to eat after games with everybody, sitting in the hotel lobby, just those memories of just seeing everybody's faces and just laughing, staying up. Those will be the best memories that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Yeah, for sure. It's always those off the field memories that everybody kind of, you know, remembers beyond beyond the on the field play. But, um, you know, again, with that sticks roster being so loaded with absolutely, uh, you know, some of the top guys within the state of Arkansas, I'm sure when the spring rolls around, you're playing some of your Arkansas sticks teammates. So what's that like going from teammates to opponents with some of these guys, you know, in the spring? Oh, I, I feel like it doesn't affect me. A game's a game. Um, I'm going to go up on the mound and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it past you. I mean, I'm going to get you out. And I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, where you came from. I mean, I'm up there to do my job and I'm going to do my job. Okay, so making that transition from high school, um, from travel baseball to the whole high school scene, obviously heading into your senior year this upcoming spring, um, take us through the experience there, your freshman, your sophomore, your junior year. You know, I always hear great things about Valley View. So take us through what that experience has been like these past three springs. Oh, yeah. Valley View baseball has just changed me. They put a whole new perspective on the way I looked at baseball from the mental game, things that we do from being a team, from everybody doing the small little things. But yeah, freshman year, I threw about 20 innings. I was a I was a conference reliever. I was uh, – when somebody usually got in trouble in a conference game or a game, I'd come in, throw a couple innings and get them out of it. Sophomore year, I was a starter. I would usually um, – I would start conference games. Um, I mean, that was a great season. We ended up making it to the state finals that year and losing. And then last year was a starter conference. Ended up making to the state finals again and losing. But – I mean, we were we were the best teams all year. We just a couple things went wrong, and it just didn't work out. But just we're just a great team. Yeah. So making it just back to back state finals, you know, falling short both those years. I'm sure uh, you might have some big lofty expectations heading into your senior spring. Kind of take us through what those expectations might be. Well, yeah, I forgot we won my freshman year, so. Hopefully we're gonna make it uh, four four in a row this year. But I just want to uh, for the younger kids on the team to look up to me and uh, look to me as a leader, and like hopefully they can follow me in my path and we can uh, go win a state championship this year. Okay. So as you talk about that leadership, obviously being a guy who has played three years of RC already, you know, being a reliever, being a starter's two two years, how have you maybe stepped up into a leadership role, whether that was last year as a junior, whether that's now being that senior in the fall, kind of take us through how you've stepped up as a leader so far within uh, within Valley View's program. I'd say last year I started stepping up, started realizing that this is what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And this is what I, and this is what I want to do. So starting to get, get really serious about it. And I want the younger kids to like look up to me and try to be, like me and I want them to push themselves to be like me because I feel like everybody pushes themselves as much as I push myself and I look up to the next guy and push myself as hard as he does then we'll, we'll, we'll be great 
Okay, so you talk about pushing each other. I'm sure with that move from Lance Davis moving in there to Valley View, pretty solid one-two punch there, you know, for our teams facing Valley View next spring. You know, with him moving in, what's that been like in terms of potentially you guys pushing each other um, on that day-to-day basis? Uh, I mean, it feels great. Just we have, we have so many great players being there and just in the weight room right now, what we're doing in the fall weight room and speed, just pushing each other and just trying to beat trying to beat the person and trying to be number one just puts a lot of competition in it and just makes it fun. Yeah, for sure. So obviously with you guys, you know, winning that state championship there, your freshman year, making it to the state finals there, your sophomore and your junior year, I'm sure you're facing everyone's number, number one, just like you guys are, you know, as the Arkansas sticks in summer ball, kind of take us through that competition you guys are facing in the springtime, you know, whether that's maybe some top schools that you guys have circled on the calendar, maybe some other power five commits in your area, kind of take us through what that competition level looks like in, in your region of Arkansas. So, so we play conference. We play, I'm pretty sure, seven teams, a doubleheader every Tuesday or Thursday. So those games will be the games that matter that um, get seated and uh, get seated in state. So me and Lance will probably pitch those games, and it's just we got to win those. It doesn't matter if we win any any other games. As long as we win those, we get the seed that we want, and we can make it to the state plus. But Basically, we go one game at a time. So right now we're just looking at that first game coming up in February. Just, I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to us who we play because we're going to go out there and uh, w- w- with whatever we got, and we're going to try to win that game. doesn't matter who it is, who we're playing, and we're just going to um, play as a team and go win that game. Okay, so uh, last question when it comes to high school baseball, kind of the same question I asked there for travel ball. You know, looking back on these three past years, now, I'm, I'm sure winning the state championship was a pretty memorable experience, you know, making those runs the past couple of years as well. Um, looking back on these past three years, what would be some of those favorite memories that come to mind when you think of high school baseball at Valley View? Uh, 100% would be the state finals, uh, state championship winning it freshman year. I mean, that was amazing. That's anything that a high school baseball player wants when he's playing. But I'd say uh, – we do a we do a pack challenge, kind of like Omaha challenge, for about two weeks during the fall here, and I mean we do four different teams, and that's just it's just games, and just being able to spend time with uh, teams and do community service, and just being able to have fun while still getting work in, and then I'll also say the trips, different places, being the bus rides, the music, just everything with the team. Okay, so you talk about that Omaha challenge, something you might be facing, something you might be doing there next fall as a Razorback there for your freshman year. Let's go ahead. Let's dig into kind of what landed you there in Fayetteville to stay home, be a Razorback. Kind of take us through that recruiting process. You know, when was it that you started getting noticed by some teams, some teams, some coaches? Kind of take us through that recruiting process. So uh, it was last fall when I started talking to some coaches and um no, scratch that. It was so, it was sophomore sophomore year fall when I started talking to some coaches, and then um, I went to a ULM camp in Monroe um, in about February of my junior year, and I really liked it there. I mean, it felt like home there, so I committed there in February of my junior year. So I was committed to ULM from February to about two weeks into summer ball 
So I was playing summer ball, and then and we were in North Cary, North Carolina. I was with my parents. I was with my mom. Um, I threw against East Cobb Astros. I threw five. I, I threw like five innings. Had like eight Ks. Had no earned runs. And Coach Hobbs was there watching some of the other players that were playing there. Since we have a lot of Arkansas commits. And I don't know, I just it just felt like the right moment to decommit and uh, reopen my uh, recruitment process. My, my body was getting better. I was I was in the zone. My below was going up. Everything was just working well. So I decided to decommit there. And then Arkansas Coach Hobbs called me two weeks later and I decided to commit. Okay, so lots of, lots to unpack there. Um, so kind of looking from you know, kind of comparing that first recruiting process that you went on to, um, compared to after you decommitted, you know, going through your senior summer and going through another recruiting process. How would you compare that first one to that second process? The first one really wasn't as as strong as I would liked it. My velo wasn't there yet. My body wasn't in the right shape. So only a couple of schools wanted me. So, and then my velo, yeah, like I said, my velo wasn't there and just going through, going through uh school ball. That's where I thought I was going to stay the rest of my life. Through school ball, my body got in shape. I was hitting the weights. My velo started going up. So then once my velo started going up, I was like, I, I got a chance to be way better than what I put myself to be at. So then I decided to decommit. Okay, so I kind of want to dig into some of those conversations you're having with coaches, whether that's the first recruiting process, whether that's the second. Let's say you're hopping on a phone call for the first time with a collegiate coach. What are some of those initial conversations looking like? You know, what are coaches asking you to maybe get to know you as a ball as a ball player, as a person? What are some questions you're asking the coaching staff just to kind of get to know their program? Kind of take us through what those conversations are looking like. So when he calls me, just we'll introduce ourselves. We'll uh... Just see how everybody see see how everything's going. Uh, some of my questions I usually ask them. A big part of me going to college is I want to uh, get a degree. So see what type of uh, different um, majors they have. See how the campus is. See how the base. Ask how the baseball field is. Um, one of the questions I really like asking is where they see me um, coming in on campus and. Um, like where they see me as a freshman and where they see me growing as a player there and what they can do to help me develop there. And Arkansas was a big, uh, big part of that. Um, but yeah, some of the things they'll ask me is how are my parents, different things like that. How are my grades? And I just always been taught to have good grades. So that's, that's been a good part of that. So you make that decommitment there down in Cary. You said, you know, there's those coaches calling you right away as soon as you make that decommitment. But takes a little bit for Arkansas there to see you and kind of see what's going on um, for you to kind of, you know, kind of restart that recruiting process with them. As you're going through talking to all these different coaches, what were some of those key things that you were looking for within a school, within a coaching staff, within a campus? What were just some of those key things you were looking for amongst those schools? Um. The main thing was player development. I was I wanted to go there and I didn't want to plateau. I wanted to I want to keep growing as a player. I mean, my junior year being the draft year, I want to keep on. I want to grow my. I want to grow each year. I don't want to hit. I don't want to go up a staircase. So that was one of the main things, and just being able to have like good resources at the school, good resources for majors, good resources for 
um, just different people I can have around that will help me become a better baseball player and a better person in life. Okay. So with Arkansas kind of, you know, checking off all those different boxes, I'm sure it wasn't too long after they reached out that you ended up committed there. Kind of what was it that, that what was that final click that made you choose Arkansas over some of those other schools? Um, Just being my, just being my dream school and just being able to um, know players that are going there that know I'll, that, um, so I know I'll thrive when I get there. So it's just not walking into a new campus that I know nobody at and basically living on my own. I have, re like I said, I have resources there. I know people. So if I have problems, I can talk to them instead of having um, limited resources to talk to. Yeah, of course, of course. And you talk about knowing people. Obviously, there's no no shortage of people that you know there down in Fayetteville with obviously all those Arkansas Sticks guys, you know, Coach Hobbs, all those different guys. I've heard great things about the relationships they build with players. Kind of take us through what's that relationship like with that Arkansas with that Arkansas coaching staff? Yes, sir. Me and Coach Hobbs um, stay in touch about every week. Just uh, I'll text them, see how things are going there. Just let them know how my strength training's going, how um, – what I'm doing on my arm, things like that. So, yeah, I, I like I like talking to him, just staying in touch, making sure things are going good with him, going good with me. All right. So, sticking on the topic of relationships, obviously, like we like I said, or I've said it probably a couple different times here on the podcast. No shortage of future teammates that you've already been playing with, um, who are going to be down there in Fayetteville with you. With you being a guy playing for the Arkansas Sticks, playing with multiple Razorback commits. What benefits do you think that's going to bring you guys down the road? Uh, I mean, just like I said before, just being able to rely on different people. I mean, college is going to be hard. College is hard in general, but especially uh, playing sports at a college first year, especially baseball at a school like Arkansas. So just being able to have people like that to um, rely on, and we can go to we can go to them if we need something, and just being able to have friends when I go up there. Okay. Just so, uh, awesome. All right. So uh, this past weekend was kind of scrolling through my Instagram. Saw you saw some other guys posting in those Arkansas Razorback jerseys. I'm assuming that was the official visit this past weekend. Um, or it might have been two weekends ago. I can't remember, but uh, it was this. Weekend, yeah, was it? It was, okay. Was, um. So, what was that? It was an unofficial. Unofficial. Okay. So when's I guess when's the official visit? What's the excitement for that? Uh, kind of take us through uh, the, some of these visits you've been going on as a senior. So Arkansas has been the only uh, visit that I that I went on. I went on my unofficial this weekend. When we we got to uh, campus um, Friday night, we had a we had a dinner, got got a tour around the facility, got a uh, got a try on the jerseys, of course. And Saturday we had breakfast as a team. Uh, went to the athletic center just showed us the perks of being an athlete and what all they give us. But, um, and then went all to the football game after, but, um, yeah, that's was another one of the reasons I decided, uh, to commit there. Okay. Um, so one, you know, obviously with you being a senior, only a few more things you got to do before you're actually there in Fayetteville as a freshman, you know, kind of, you know, joining that Razorback Razorbacks program, uh, thing coming up in a couple weeks, National Signing Day, making it all official, signing that paper. Kind of what's that excitement heading into National Signing Day? I mean, I can't wait. I mean, I know me and my family are just um, just so excited for it to finally just sign my name down, just make it official and just 
the all the hard work I put in these past three years are finally I get it just write on a piece of paper and just make it all official. Yeah. So, I mean. All right. So uh, last baseball segment here for you, man. I uh, kind of want to dig into your on the field play. Um, Obviously, you're PO now. You said you were hitting there a couple of years ago, kind of throwing it back there a couple of years. You know, what benefits did you see switching from being a two way guy who's pitching and hitting to becoming a PO? Where did you see, you know, just kind of take us through the benefits and where you've kind of seen that biggest development you know, after becoming a PO? I mean, I really I never was the best at hitting. I mean, I, I could hit, but I was never going to fit. I feel like go play somewhere for college baseball to hit. So, I mean, I've always thrown strikes. I always, I always could uh, throw different pitches in the strike zone. So, just switching from not hitting, it just it just uh, gave me more time to work on my craft, gave me, gave me more time to uh, work on different things I needed to do in the weight room that I couldn't do because I had to hit also. So, just being able to work on different, different things in pitching instead of having to waste them on hitting is just maybe how's how good I am today. Okay. So when you are up there on that mound, kind of take us through that pitching repertoire. What's that fastball you're throwing? What are some of those secondary pitches? Take us through what that pitching repertoire looks like. So, yes, I throw a four-seam fastball. Um, I, I like throwing it in and out and up. Don't like um, like throwing it on the corners. Don't like leaving it in the middle anywhere. And then uh, my slider. Um I like the I like going backwards a lot. I like I like to tell people that. So I'd like to start off with a slider, and then go another slider, even a fastball. So that's what I, that's what I, that's one of the things I do like about the way I pitch. And then the changeup still developing. It's becoming it's becoming very good on lefties. Um, trying to figure out the the right movement for righties, but just working with that, just being able to um, just be a PO and just work on perfecting those pitches every day okay so you talk about perfecting those pitches you say when you're throwing that fastball you're painting the corners don't like living up in the middle of that zone kind of take us through some of those mental cues you have for that fastball uh, i mean i have lost some word catching me so basically whatever he calls i throw so just it's just a mind thing it's just a mental thing i just tell myself where i throw the ball and you I mean, usually it's pretty good. I mean, I might miss my spot by a couple inches, but I'm not, I'm not missing my spot by much. It's just keeping the same mechanics that I've worked on for the past two years because they're working. So just keeping those and just keeping my mind intact. Okay, so you talk about how you're developing that change up right now. Still kind of a work in process. Kind of take us through for you. How do you go about developing some of those pitches, whether that's working on a pitch in your repertoire already, adding a new pitch to the repertoire? Take us through some of the, the development of some of those pitches. So what I like doing is when I play catch, I just throw it. I mean, there's times where I'll go throw long toss and I'll throw about five, four seams and I'll throw 50 change-ups and just throw change-ups the whole time. Same with sliders. I'll come in and just throw 25 sliders one practice. So basically just – that's what I like doing the best is just uh, just getting out there and throwing it as much as possible. Okay. So I know I know we started talking about this before we started recording, but obviously right now it being the off season, a couple of weeks after Jupiter, you know, we're probably still a couple of months away before you're actually phoning game again, you know, kind of in that point in, point in time where you're kind of taking a break, 
take us through that offseason arm care. You know, what's that deload process look like? When are you planning on starting to ramp back up? Kind of take us through that. And then also take us through your in-season arm care going from outing to outing as well. So in Jupiter, I threw um, the round of 32 against the FTB Phillies and ended up doing very good. I threw 6.1 innings, uh, 13 Ks, had uh, uh, no earned runs, ended up, we ended up walking off that game. So I'd already talked to my coach uh, after that game. So we, we planned to take off right after. So right after that game, I haven't thrown the ball since. I'm taking off to about mid, mid-November, end of November. Uh, I'm going to start, throw, get a start uh, back on about a month throwing program and just getting back into that. And so right now I'm not trying to do a lot of, uh, things with my arm just trying to keep it light just strengthening my uh external ex internal external rotation strengthen my rotator's cuffs just strengthening all the small little muscles in your arm that uh can get hurt just making sure those are basically like bulletproof and then so in season in season arm care i'll go uh, we have a, a different list of everything that i do on a daily basis but just bands, plows, different diff- different weight of ball things, uh, different stretches, just keeping my arm nice and loose. And then after I throw every day, I'll get a flush massage that will just flush all the bad blood out of my arm. So just making sure I'm just keeping my body 100%. Okay, so you say flush massage, is that a Mark Pro or what exactly is that? Um, a trainer, she, she starts down at my wrist and she'll, she'll – well, first she'll open up my uh, – internal external rotation and and then my rotator's cuff and then she'll push all the blood from my from my wrist all the way up uh into my whole body so all the bad blood will get out and new blood will rush in and uh heal things quicker okay you know pretty interesting there you know a pretty cool cool technique there when it comes to that recovery process but you know looking at your game's entirety let's say you're a scout watching your game whether this is you know holding on runners whether this is from the windup well, this is even the relationship you have with your catcher. You know, you talk about Lawson and the great relationship you have with him. If you were a scout watching your game, what would be that personal scouting report you'd write up on yourself? I mean, I would say it doesn't matter who's hitting. I mean, you put an MLB hitter up there. If they hit me, they hit me. If they don't hit me, they don't hit me. I mean, it doesn't matter who's hitting. I'm just going to – I'm going to throw my best stuff as hard as I can and where I want it. So – if you're good enough to hit me, you're better than me. But not a lot of players, I feel like, are better than me in that aspect. Okay, love love that love that confidence there uh, when it comes to when it comes to that side of the game. But one last question when it comes to your on the field play before we kind of dig into that last segment. I know we kind of talked about you know obviously going through this offseason, kind of working on a few things. You know, looking up these pat these ne- sorry, looking up these next two three years or so, kind of looking into the development of your game. What would be some of those key points of emphasis? Um, I want, I want to thin up a little bit, just get my body in the best position to throw as hard as I can and just getting stronger. The strength and conditioning coach at Arkansas is just awesome. I talked to him last week, talked to him last weekend about all the, all things he's going to help us do. And just, he has it structured to, for every single year to, like I said, climb that staircase and get better every single year. But just being able to work with him and coach Hobbs and all the, materials they have and just being able to throw harder and just being able to work on that change up and just being able to um, get hitters out. Okay. So moving away from the game of baseball here, got one last segment. I always like digging into the personal side to end off these podcasts. 
First question here, passions beyond the game. Let's say you got to go take your mind off of something, maybe cope with some stress. You know, right now it being the offseason, not too much baseball going on. What are some of those passions, maybe some of those hobbies that you have beyond the game of baseball? I, I love playing ping pong. I got a ping pong table in my house. I'm about a couple of the boys over, play some ping pong. Uh, out at max velocity, there's a basketball goal that we all that we go out there all the time, play basketball. Like just the joy of that. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's having a good time. Just p- playing with the guys and just keeping my mind off baseball just helps me keep my mind clear and just being able to have fun at the same time while working, basically. Okay, so moving from passions to motivations, what is that that helps you? Get out of bed every morning, helps you continuously evolve as a ball player, as a person. What would be some of those motivations that you have? Um, Just seeing in my mind where I can be in five years. I mean, five years might seem like a long time, but in five years I could be in the minor leagues playing somewhere. So, I mean, that's been the dream since I was a kid. So basically just waking up and being like, that's who I want to be and this is who I'm going to be. So I'm going to work today to become that person. Okay, so you talk about here in a couple of years, you have that you have that potential to go be playing minor league ball within the next couple of years or so. Let's take that a little bit further and say 20 years. 20 years down the road, everything's going right for you. You keep working at it. What does that perfect picture of your life look like? I mean, ho- hopefully in 20 years I'm in the MLB and I'm still uh hurt free. I mean, I'll be th- I'll be 38 years old, so uh, just being able to um I just want to play the game as long as I can. I just want to be able to get out and being able to just play this game that I love for as long as I can and just uh, play for a team that wants to win and that I'll help them win yeah. and just being able to uh, just live out the experience that I've dreamed about as I was, as I was a kid. Yeah, for sure. I mean, pitchers can go as long as possible. Look at Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer. I mean, all those guys I think are in, you know, Jamie Moyer, I'm sure you're probably too young to remember Jamie Moyer. I'm a couple years older than you. But, you know, all those pictures, I mean, some, some of those guys can, you know, last a while in the big leagues. But got six more questions here for you, man. Uh, going to ask it in a rapid fire play, uh, rapid fire pace, three sets of two questions. First off, coolest contact in your phone. You're scrolling through that contacts app. Who's that coolest guy that not too many people have? And then second off, go-to playlist, whether that's making a long drive, whether that's working out. What's that go-to playlist you're throwing on? You're throwing on the speakers. Let's see, coolest number in my phone. I I guess would have to be Dave Van Horn, probably. And then go-to playlist would be uh my rap playlist. Uh, I mean, I, I always listen to it while I'm working out. Just just gets me in the right mood to be able to do the things that. I necessarily don't want to do, but I know that have to be done. Okay, who are so, who are some of those go to rappers on that playlist? Uh, go to rappers. Uh, I really don't know a lot of rappers. I just I just know the songs. All right, what's what? So let's say me. I'm not a, I'm not a big I'm not a big rap guy. So what are some of those What are some of those songs I should be throwing on my phone on my playlist and giving a listen to? Let's see here. Uh, always gotta go with Little Baby. You always got to stay with him and then got to go for uh, some of the new rappers that just came out. Uh, I don't know their name off the top of my head, but then you can never go wrong with some uh, Katy Perry or some Taylor Swift while you're working out or on a long drive. 
Okay, yeah. No, those are those, I've already I've already a couple of their songs on my playlist. But uh uh moving on to round two there. Um let's say I'm taking a trip down there to Jonesboro. I went there I went down there last spring, you know, saw Max Velocity, drove by Valley View. Um, you know, let's say I'm making another trip down there. What would be some of those recommendations for me? You know, whether that's a restaurant, maybe some fun things to do. What would you recommend me doing down in Jonesboro? And then let's say you're having dinner with three people, dead or alive. Who would be at that table? All right. So came to Jonesboro. You've already seen Max Velocity, but you, you'd have to go back out there again. Um, it'd be awesome. We'd like to make a trip out for one of our high school games at home. I think that'd be a great opportunity to, uh, to come see us play. But just, I mean, we have a bowling alley. We have a movie theater. Uh, El Casada is a new restaurant that just got put in by our school. It's a Mexican restaurant that's really good that a lot of us go to from Valley View. So I guess you, you have to try that out. And then the three people that I'd eat with would be, uh, let me think. I'd, I'd want, I want Max, I want Max Scherzer. Cause I'd want to uh, like get into his mind about his like pitching aspect. Cause I think he's one of the best to do it. And then Taylor Swift. I'd want, I would want to talk to Taylor Swift and then, uh, let's see here. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of anybody else. All right. Well, let's let's just go ahead. So you you talk about Taylor Swift. Let's throw in Travis Kelsey as well, because I mean you can't talk about either one of those people without mentioning the other for either the past you know couple months or so. Uh, so let's say Travis Kelsey's there at that table too. But um, final two questions here for you, man. Before we kind of end it off, first off, TikTok for you page. You're scrolling through that app, seeing all those different videos. What are those videos looking like? Take us through that for you page, and then final question. Dream NIL brand. You get to Fayetteville in the fall. You get that opportunity to capitalize on your name, image, and likeness. What would be that dream NIL brand for you to endorse, collaborate, or partner with? All right. So the endorsement would definitely be Nike. I mean, I love I love Nike cleats. So we definitely be and then like just the sh like shirts and everything they have. So just being able to to rock Nike, I think. I think that's what everybody would say, but uh yeah, Nike. And then um what was the first one again? Uh the TikTok for you page. Uh all right. So uh mine's a lot of motivational stuff. Uh like talking about like getting up in the morning, uh to go work out, different like motivational speeches, and I mean just just random stuff. Girls, I mean who are some well, of the a lot of workout and like motivational stuff. Okay. So who are some of those motivational guys you have on your TikTok? I mean, David Goggins, just like random, like quotes from different people that like, I make sure I stay and watch just to like see different, uh, just to like, it gets you in the right mindset. If that makes sense before you're about to go do something. For sure. I, you know, I have, I have quite a few motivational guys scrolling through my TikTok for you page as well. But uh, anyway, man, that's the final question here for you on the JKR podcast. You know, really appreciate you coming on the show. It was great getting to know you, getting to know your baseball career, kind of just digging into, you, you know, well, you know, what's going on with you and what's going on this upcoming spring at Valley View. So again, appreciate you coming on the show. 
you know, as you go through your senior, go through your senior spring, go through those years down there in Fayetteville and potentially a long, long career after that as well, man, I want to wish you the best of luck. But again, just appreciate you coming on the show. Yes, sir. Thank you.